Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, Executive Director at EdSource. When I was a new mother, I filled my home with all sorts of children's books. Long before my now 16-year-old and 11-year-old could read, I was reading to them, in the morning, while they snacked, and always before bedtime. I can still remember passages from one of our favorites. White as the moon, shining bright, sees an owl in the night. Brown as the owl with steely stare, sees a fox standing there. I even added animal noises for dramatic effect. Studies have shown that just the mere presence of books at home can help foster learning. But after 18 months of a pandemic that has straddled parts of three school years, California's youngest learners may be at most risk of falling behind. That's cause for alarm because reading is a gateway to academic development. It's a key that unlocks other doors as students make their way through later grades. Time is not on our side. The earlier the better, experts say, to lay the foundation of strong literacy. Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. Sina Hawley used to drive a school bus in Berkeley, and some of her routes took her through the city's lower-income neighborhoods. And I just kept meeting kids who didn't have books, which I knew because I was giving away books on the bus, which leads to conversations. Sina is also a former teacher. She had lots of books at home from her days in the classroom, so she started bringing them with her on the bus. I mean, this is really how it happened. I'm like, I got books on the bus in a dish tub. I start telling kids, if you like it, you can keep it. Because I'm like, why am I storing these books? They're third grade, fourth grade books, fifth grade books. I don't want to teach that grade anymore. You know, I just kept bringing them out of storage and filling up the box. She was glad to give kids books, but it also made her mad. I did have a moment, a total epiphany moment of sitting there going, it pisses me off thinking about all the books in the Berkeley Hills. And here I was driving kids around who didn't have them when they were growing up. They weren't part of their daily life. The books aren't there. And this is Berkeley. And it's not a very big town. And there's so many books and so many people who got it to give. All I could think of, and I still feel this way today, is why aren't we just giving our children books already? It's cheaper than intervention programs, it's more effective, and it's a hell of a lot more fun. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, sparking joy in reading. Sina Holly was mad that in Berkeley's wealthy neighborhoods, kids' books were abundant, while just a few miles away, there were kids with none. She knew that handing out books from her bus wasn't going to solve the problem. She needed a way to get books in the hands of many more kids. You're giving this one book to this one child, the parent's happy, the teachers are happy, blah, blah, blah. But that's not how you change a system. It's like, okay, if you go into a community and nobody has clean water to drink in their homes, so you start bringing them bottled water, that one family or that five families you serve, they're going to be more healthy. But you're not really changing anything. What Sina thinks really needs to happen is a book service, like water, free for everyone, and it just arrives at your house. I actually started researching how to develop a book delivery system that will deliver no fewer than 12 books a year to children in the lowest income zip codes. So Sina founded the nonprofit Berkeley Baby Book Project. The organization distributed books to kids from birth to five years old in order to close the book disparity Sina had noticed on her bus route. 
Sina was featured in a recent article by EdSource reporter Karen D'Souza that looked at the literacy gap and how the pandemic has made it worse. Karen, it's really good to have you here. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Karen, why is it important that kids have lots of reading and language in their lives at a really young age? Well, what I think is really interesting is so many of us grow up with books and bedtime stories really being a part of our routine that we don't even think about. As a little kid, you know you're going to get your bedtime story before you go to bed. And what's happening is unconsciously that's kind of setting up a ritual in your life where studies have shown little kids who snuggle with their parents and have books read to them actually associate the books with happy, warm, um, safe feelings. And it makes them think they like reading before they even know what that is. And that motivation, that positive association with reading really helps them learn to read later on. And so how big of a problem is the literacy gap where some kids are really not learning how to read? The literacy gap is a huge problem and um, it actually is pre-existing to the pandemic, but a lot of researchers fear it's gotten much worse. Many children are reading well by kindergarten and first grade, and others aren't. And the thing is, there's actually kind of an alarm clock going. And if you can't read well at grade level or better by about third grade, it's very hard to catch up. At that point, there's lots of word problems and reading comprehension. And if you don't have the literacy skills down, you can't, you can't progress to anything else. And with a pandemic, that gap grew larger? Yes. Actually, what's interesting is for some children, being stuck at home actually made them read more and might have helped their literacy skills. But on the other side of the page, um, some children were spending so much time on Zoom, playing a lot of video games, watching TV, and really did less reading. And the reading that they would have had at school was missing. I know my kids got on screens a lot more than usual, just because I was having to work and be with them and help them with school. Absolutely. I was forcing my daughter to sit at the computer, which I've never done. You know, six hours a day, I'm like, no, sweetie, you have to look at the screen. So it was a real turnabout for us in terms of screen time. What does the research say about how the pandemic affected literacy? I know there was some research from uh, Policy Analysis for California Education, also known as PACE. It's at Stanford University. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of um, academics are really, have really been concerned about the literacy gap widening. And so far, it's preliminary results. But so far, what we see in that pay study is about a 30% lag year on year in terms of where kids used to be and where they are now. One of the things that Sina told us is that she talked about how kids can develop really bad associations with reading that become roadblocks um, for becoming literate. And maybe reading was used as a punishment at home, or maybe parents don't feel like great readers themselves, so it feels like a really hard thing to do. She told us that it, you can tell just in their body language. When you open up a book, in their body language and their facial expression, and even very subtly, shows that it's negative. They're not looking forward to this. It's a book. It's not good. If a child doesn't have already, by the age of six or eight, have a positive association with books, you're behind the eight ball. You give me a child who has a positive association with books, I would rather know that than what their reading level is. You can work with the child much more easily who looks forward to it. And part of it is just experience and, and familiarity with it. Karen, what did you hear about how teachers or parents can change this negative association that some kids have with reading? Well, I think the easiest thing is to start early and make it fun at home before they even get to school. Um, sometimes at school there are you know, assessments and reading logs and a certain amount of bureaucratic processing of reading that makes it seem like a chore instead of something you love to do. So it's helpful if the child goes in thinking of it as something they like. 
Sina said that she would never forget a reluctant reader she had met a long time ago, but he really stuck in her mind. A little boy in downtown San Jose who、um, absolutely disliked reading came into the classroom hating reading. So Reggie was clearly in the camp of the child who looked and leaned away and would try to do other things. And so she knew her job was really to try and slowly turn that around for him, and it took a lot of doing. It took a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention, just him and not the rest of the class. I just had conversations with him walking across the playground and in the library, and、um, he didn't really have books at home. I asked about that. He didn't have books he liked. So I just made up my mind that I'm going to read a book every day for 15 minutes. I didn't care if it was a fire drill and we missed the first 30 minutes of our session together. That 15 minutes was sacred, and I told him I'm going to read a book, and I'm just going to read it. And after three times of reading, you can tell me whether you want me to continue or not. But up until then, we're just you're just listening, and I really had to refrain from asking any questions or making comments. And she basically set out to find the most interesting book she possibly could, and she just read to him. I picked a great story, Roald Dahl. Disgusting and awful and fabulous because it's Roald Dahl, and he really enjoyed it. That's basically all it is. And so after the third time, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I definitely want you to finish." And she took all the pressure off him. There was no, "You have to sound this out," or "Let's talk about this," or、um, "Do you know what that word is?" He just got to sit there and have the magic of storytelling happen to him. And it took a while, but eventually it worked. So one of the other things Sina said she learned is that kids are never too old to be read aloud to, and that she, you know, she's read aloud to middle schoolers when she was subbing.、Um, so just having experiences with books around helps kids learn to read. Is that in line with what you found in your reporting, Karen? Absolutely, I think、um, a lot of what I found is the joy of reading really being the motivating factor. Whether it is learning to read originally or later on, plowing through really difficult things where you actually have to work at it. If you have that、um, seed of joy planted, it's much easier to keep plowing ahead. So, with the concerns that the pandemic hurt young children with their literacy skills, what are teachers and schools doing about it? I think mostly the idea right now is to take the pressure off and really kind of connect with the kids emotionally and share reading as something that we can all enjoy together. The best part of class for most children is the story time when the teacher reads to them, and I think that that certainly continues later on. I know with my daughter, we read books to her that are way too challenging for her,、um, so it's nothing she could read on her own, and we just keep it going, and we're hoping to keep it going for as long as she lets us. That's really interesting because. One of the things that I've heard from teachers and also advocates for like English learners is that they're worried that there will be too much focus in school on you know catching up and just focusing on skill building or、um, focusing on learning how the letters sound. Like if a second grader comes into class and the teacher realizes that the second grader doesn't actually know how all the letters sound, that they might focus too much on. Um, sounds, which of course they have to do, but then not on the reading and texts and understanding language that they need in order to move forward. Absolutely, I think it's a really fine line between building the skills and just sharing a love for something. 
but at least in my mind, and I think certainly Sina's belief, is that the love for it has to come first. If you're just learning abstract skills, it seems pointless. It really just seems like something you learn for school that you'll never use again. And that makes them not pay as much attention to it. Do you think that the pandemic taught us anything or taught teachers anything about reading? Does anything positive come from it? I think absolutely, simply because Zoom was such a difficult um, a difficult medium to teach reading. I think it sort of highlighted how a really language-rich environment, you know, having a lot of material in the classroom and the personal interaction between the teacher and the students really informs whether or not people like to read, or probably any subject really, that the human connection is what's really key to almost any kind of education. So here's what Sina Hawley said about what the pandemic teaches us. The pandemic, in my mind, just highlighted that uh, we need to be giving our parents resources they can use every day in their home. After Sina started the Berkeley Baby Book Project, she got a tip about a national project that was doing the same thing. So maybe six months into that, someone said, hey, you should look at Imagination Library. And it was a pivotal moment. I mean, I read the website and I was like, that's it. I dropped everything else. I'm going to be an affiliate because it's efficient. It's totally efficient and it's high quality and all that. So Sina joined, making the Berkeley Baby Book Project an affiliate. Imagination Library had the additional appeal of being founded by Dolly Parton, who, as it turns out, also goes by the book lady. Well, hello again. It's Dolly, the book lady. I'm going to read your story. It's called Violet the Pilot. As part of her work with Imagination Library, Dolly Parton publishes a YouTube show called Good Night with Dolly, in which she reads children's stories. Here's a snippet. Everyone in town knew that Violet Van Winkle was a little different. For starters, she and her parents lived in an odd-looking house next to the junkyard her father managed. And while other girls were playing with dolls and tea sets, Violet played with monkey wrenches and needle-nose pliers. You can hear Dolly reading more kids' books by clicking the link in our show notes. And you can also find a link to sign up for Imagination Library. Imagination Library has now distributed more than 150 million books to kids between birth and age five, and they send them all over the country. Unfortunately, it's not available in many places in California, but Sina hopes that more schools, nonprofits, and even counties will partner soon. Karen, is there anything that, you know, jumped out from your other conversations with other folks other than Sina about reading or what people are doing now this year or anything else that you'd like to add? Something Sina had said, but many of the academics echoed in their own way, was that the pandemic highlighted how individual an approach has to be. Every child is differently motivated. Some children really shouldn't be made to use a reading log. It'll discourage them to read. Other children really need a reading log and maybe stickers or rewards at the end of the week. And you have to tailor the, the approach to the child. Now, that was probably true before the pandemic. But with where we are now with the disparity in skills, it's very true. You can't use a cookie cutter approach. You have to know, you know where the child is at. For parents listening, Sina Holly has some tips. She says part of reading has to be just for pleasure, no strings attached. That means not giving or withholding allowance because a kid read or didn't read or making kids read for a set amount of time. She uses the word book sharing time instead of reading because with really little kids, the kids aren't really reading. And she said some parents have a lot of anxiety about reading. I did a lot of events when I first started the book project. And I had a few parents who lived near the park where we did events who would come regularly. And one finally told me she felt 
and she had a two-year-old. She said, I don't think I can help him because I don't know how to read. So, you know, I just went, I opened a book and I'm like, well, you know how to read things like stop signs, right? So you do, first of all, A, you do know how to read basic words and that's all you need. And the other thing is you just open the book and you talk about the colors and the shapes and you babble. If it's a baby, you babble. Parents of really young children need to know it's not about teaching them to read. It's about sharing the experience of sounds and colors and shapes. And that's the roots of literacy right there. Karen, what tips do you think are important for parents to know about helping their kids learn to read or read better? I think something um, that I was reminded of uh, doing the story well, we always read to Daphne, but sometimes it was hard to keep reading the same story over and over and over. And it was interesting to learn how cognitively important that is for children to sort of know, like, know where a beloved story is going to go and be able to lose themselves in it. And um, it's kind of reinforced that to me, like, so it's okay to keep reading that same story a thousand times in a row or during the pandemic in particular, Daphne went on laps through the Harry Potter canon to the point where we were all like, wow. I wonder if he'll ever read anything else. And um, it was interesting learning that that's actually something that even adults have been doing during the pandemic. Going back to the stories that give us comfort. And that's actually one of the points of literature, one of the essential purposes of it, is helping us ground ourselves in a chaotic universe. So if your child needs a particular book over and over, go for it. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, so I have a 12-year-old and I also have a four-year-old. And so obviously the four-year-old doesn't know how to read yet, but um, she's at the stage where she grabs books and she asks us to read them. And then after, even sometimes after one time or two times reading it, she'll grab the book and she'll open it and she'll just start um, reading it to us, quote unquote. So she looks through the book, she she um, turns the pages and she tells us what's happening in the book. Sometimes it's like, word for word what she remembers um, saying. Most of the time it has a little bit of that and a little bit of whatever she sees in the pictures. And um, I love it, it's fun. But also I know because my parents were both school teachers that that's the beginning of reading because kids know how to move the book, they know how to turn the pages, they know that there's a story involved and also um, just getting excited about knowing how to read. Absolutely, maybe she's an author. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of what books are about is learning how to tell a story and what stories are. And and that's actually something that I wanted to mention, too, is that if you don't have books at home, you can always tell stories and, you know, sing. There are other ways to improve language and reading skills and literacy skills with even without books. Um, you, know, you can write your own stories. and Absolutely. When I was little, my grandmother, um, she's from India, she, that's what they did. They didn't have television. They, the old people told stories every night after dinner. And that was wonderful, because actually it's some of the only things I know about India are those stories from my grandmother. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks this week to Dolly Parton, the book lady, Sina Holly, Karen D'Souza, and our director, Ann Vasquez. Also a big shout out to all the parents reading to their kids or just making up stories. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Heising Simons Foundation and the S.H. Cowell Foundation. 
I am Zadie Stavely. Join me next week and don't forget to subscribe.